0: This is Sounding Board Parenting, creating healthier human connections through the commonality of parenting, exploring the world of parenting with high-performing mums and dads from a range of backgrounds, industries and family dynamics. He said the whole world looks different. You can do it your way. My life has been fundamentally altered by their existence. I gotta tell you, kids don't stop learning.
1: That is how I change the story.
0: Babies are instant community generators
1: my growth curve just like shot up after i had a kid i
0: wasn't planning any of it let's jump in in three two one
2: welcome to the sounding board parenting podcast it is awesome to have you all back here today and we are blessed to be joined by natalie singh natalie it is awesome to have you here Before we dive into this, what I know is going to be an epic conversation, could you please introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about yourself and and the names and ages of your children.
0: Um,
1: Thanks so much, Sean, and thank you so much for inviting me onto your awesome podcast. Um, My name is Natalie Sane, and I am a mum of two very beautiful children. I've got a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old, both girls, both wonderful, um, and then I'm also a mother to two fur babies as well.
2: I believe um, that they've joined us today as well. Have they have.
1: Seen. Yeah, you might see their ears poking up from <laughs> um, time to time.
2: <laughs> awesome. And, and tell us a bit about yourself as well in terms of, um, yeah, what... what what, what gives you energy? What what drives you outside of, of being a parent?
1: Um, well, I'm pretty lucky because I really love what I do uh, for a career. So I've um, been able to anchor into what I believe is my purpose and um, that is running a service that really helps people, which I affectionately say is quite woo-woo, Um but uh, I love what I do. So even when I'm not at work, um, a lot of what I do um, is is centered around my work because it's a re- reflection of who I am. Um, so I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm really, really blessed.
2: Could you tell me a, a little bit more about what you mean by woo, and yeah. in terms of uh, yeah, what your focus is? Yeah. in in that line of work
1: yeah so it's quite ambiguous i guess to say woo woo um so you know when my husband asks Uh, When my husband gets asked what his wife does, he looks at people and tells them that she speaks to dead people. He thinks it's hilarious to see how uncomfortable it makes them. Um, And he's kind of right. So I'm a channel and a clairvoyant. Um, I do really deep soul healing. So I help people find their purpose. Um, I do a lot of trauma work, anxiety work. I work with people from all demographics, all ages, which includes children. Um, so I can do weird and wonderful I guess things um, which includes stuff like telepathy and seeing things beyond what I guess the average Joe could can see and so my services revolve around that because I have different perspectives and get a lot of guidance from spiritual guides for people and um it can really help them in their lives um, in lots of different contexts and aspects.
2: Are there any examples that that sort of come to mind in terms of those ways that it can help people uh, in their lives day to day?
1: yeah, I'll give you a kind of blanket example um, so I see a lot of people who have sought other types of Western forms of healing for, say, um, anxiety and or depression. And I have a lot of reverence for Western healing. Um, But sometimes what happens is people tell the story of what's happened to them, um, even the story of their emotions. And it comes from their mind. Um, So when people come to see me, I'm able to go beyond the stories of their mind, which may be true, but often aren't true. And to kind of bring different light and different aspects of love and compassion to help people heal things which are deep within themselves that they're not conscious of. But when we bring awareness to it without any judgment, there are massive aha moments that happens for people. Um, so that is something which happens all the time.
2: It must be pretty cool to, to just be a part of, uh, to be a part of that that journey with with those people.
1: It really is. Um, it truly, it's beyond me. I, I kind of see myself as just being a, a door and or like a messenger for whatever comes through. Um, but I see amazing things happen all the time and it's not that it happens for people. A lot of the time people are given homework and if they do their homework, um, then yeah, it's, it's quite profound. Um, I do spend a lot of time going back in time for people. I don't take people back into their trauma, but I get their memories and I do a lot of childhood stuff. Um, which helps them to understand themselves better, connect better to who they are as a person, not who they think that they are. Um, so it's it's incredibly humbling. It can be pretty challenging sometimes, but but really a, a beautiful thing to kind of
2: offer to people. So that's the woo woo. Thank you for yeah. Thank <laughs> you for opening up and and sharing that. You you mentioned there that childhood plays a a key role. Uh, when you are uh, working with with different people how how prominent would you say childhood is in terms of where these people that you're working with are today and, and what they were, what they are working through today as well?
1: Well, um, childhood is massive uh, you know of course it is I mean academics uh, would, absolutely agree with the spiritual aspect too, but childhood really does shape and form uh, personality. Um, and I am constantly going back to childhood to do um, inner child work for a person. Um, what that happens is that when I channel, I can call forward soul parts. So if there is, like younger versions of the self from childhood, which have been wounded or damaged, then we can move and shift and change that. Um, but childhood is huge, absolutely huge to um, giving us the drivers in life um, of how we perform, what our values are, um, our relationships with ourselves, therefore our relationships with others. Um, Yeah. Childhood, uh, obstacles and traumas can definitely be unbound but we've all got stuff even if our childhoods were magic um so yeah the the power of how we bring up our children and the childhoods that we experienced is um really significant to to a person's whole life
2: really interested to, to circle back to, to to that world that, that you're in as well and in, in terms of the that the service and and help that you were providing to to so many people out there. And and before we do that though, I'd like to go back in, in time a little bit in terms of the the story behind the moment that you found out you were going to be a mum for the first time.
1: Um, I was 21 and living in the UK and um, partying quite a bit and found out I was pregnant and terrified. And I did, I remember my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we did seven different pregnancy tests because we wouldn't believe any of the pregnancy tests. And it got to the point where the pharmacy was like, you've used almost all of our pregnancy tests. Um, But it was, it was just, it's, I just adore my daughter so much. It was just a complete blessing. But at the time, completely terrified, had never held a baby, didn't really feel comfortable with children at all um so it wasn't looking back it wasn't a moment that I was really able to celebrate because of the situation when I was in not that it was a bad situation I just wasn't prepared and with hindsight I wish that I could have been able to have celebrated it but I don't feel that I ever did I kind of spent my whole pregnancy going oh my god <laughs> amazing but oh my god <laughs>
2: What's your, what's your husband's name, Natalie? Paul. Paul, what, what was Paul like from your point of view through, through that, uh, through that moment, through that time in your life?
1: He was pretty much a reflection of my emotions, which was we're doing this, we're doing this, but we don't really know what we're doing. Um, But we did solidify together, which was really beautiful. And we have done ever since, Um, but we were both really afraid
2: did that did that feeling change for you at all? Uh what once that the second child arrived in, in your lives?
1: Um well I discovered that and this is so truthful to say that I love being a mother. I love being a parent. So our second daughter was planned. Um and Honestly I would have a whole rugby team if I could I would have loads of kids um, but that's not the dynamic that we can that we can go for at the moment um, but it was a absolute blessing to be pregnant again because I knew how much I adored being a mum.
2: That is really cool. It's something I I often hear uh, just in, in different circles around yeah those the second, third and, and onwards children just being able to yeah, potentially take a few more moments of, of just enjoying that, that, that ride in, in a way, enjoying that, that journey, uh, because that first, and, and I know from a, a partner, from a male point of view, yeah, that, that first uh, child experience in terms of the whole pregnancy is just a whole lot of unknowns yeah which, absolutely which in a lot of ways it doesn't change because you can't predict what is going to to happen well I I definitely can't so yeah but there, there is something different about that first that I feel like and then and then from from there there on after as well but um, yeah, yeah
1: and, and you get told things that you can't understand until you have kids you know, and you think you're going to get it, but it's not until you actually have them. Like the ferocity of what you love is just mm. so intense. And people can tell you that, but you don't know that amount of love until you, until um, that amount of love, the capacity that you have for children until you have your child or, or children. It's just, it's, ma- it's massive, isn't it? So big.
2: Totally. totally. It's
1: literally like your heart walks outside of your body. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah there's yeah there's something in that that unconditional element of of that love because so much of our, our love nowadays uh, and and we see it all over the place in society as well is is tied to with conditions and oh my God, and that yes. there is something about yeah being a parent. And, and just this, this being that, that has come through you in a lot of ways isn't yours to, to own and possess, that's, that's my belief anyway, but they've yeah. come through you, which is, is something that, that is a miracle uh, in, in itself, mm-hmm. I, I think, and, and, and there is something unconditional about it that is quite different to a lot of other relationships that, that we, we have and, and experience as well.
1: Oh, I completely agree. My children have been my biggest healer in terms of accepting unconditional love. Um, and also, of course, giving them unconditional love 100%. And I'm really, really mindful of um, giving my children unconditional love. And I hope I'm successful with that. Because so often I, when I do childhood work for people in sessions, It comes from a place of them not feeling that they received unconditional love. And therefore, throughout their lives as they grew up, they base the value that they have on themselves, the love that they can receive for them on conditions. And it's really hard for people to break that. So giving your children unconditional love and truly seeing them for who they are is super important to my parenting style and also what I've seen come up time and time again with people who come for sessions.
2: You mentioned there around some of the, the things that, that they have taught you in a, in a sense. And, and I'm interested to to expand on that a little bit more in, in terms of what have you learned, Natalie, from, from your kids? Um,
1: My kids are constantly telling me to show up for myself, which I need, because um, I have a tendency to put others first all the time and um, take a back seat, because I love looking after people, but often to the detriment of myself. So for instance, I woke up this morning and there was a card next to my bed which said, we love you, mummy, from both my daughters. Um, but you need to look after yourself and stop looking after other people. So they reinforce that for me, and, and that's something that I really need to do because I need to be that role model for them. And at the moment, they're reminding me. Um, you know, but my children have really helped me to come back to the things that I liked doing when I was a kid and therefore like doing as an adult, but I got too adulty. So they've really taken me back to, to my essence and that comes and goes all the time. So I love them for that. And then as they get older and they, you know, trying to discover themselves I can kind of be that role for them as well, bringing them back to what they have always loved, you know, not getting swept up in, I guess the super superficial technology or social media, cause I've got a teenager and a, and a, and a tween. Um, so yeah, they're constantly great mirrors for me. And um, I am, yeah, I do. I, I, I value what they, what they, what they advice they give to me
2: there is something really awesome i think in that term mirror in, in terms of mm. them being mirrors and 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 what that says to me is that it's a, a two-way relationship and and i'll be honest from from my my experience my personal experience is that for for a long time I, I perceived parenting as this one-way sort of relationship in terms of when i found out we were going to be parents jess and i i i just had this sort of thought that I was just going to be all about teaching Oscar everything. And I was going to teach him how to do this, how to do this, how to do this. And I'll be honest. I, and I say this a lot, I was mistaken in a big way because he has taught me more in, in his first few short years of his life. He's, he's three in September, but he's taught me more as a toddler than, than I think I could ever have hope to to teach him in an entire lifetime and and that is that is coming from the heart in in a big way and and it's something I smile about now because it's it's amazing like in, in terms of what what children can can teach us just to, around small things like the power of play like you were talking about yeah. that that unlocking of that that child again that that has always been there we've always had those resources to tap into it's just we we, uh, we tend to restrict ourselves, whether that be to do with things on the external. Um, but I always believe that, I mean, we have the final choice in, in ourselves anyway, but it's, um, yeah, yep. it's, it's an amazing dynamic, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And it's lovely that you can honour that relationship with your son that, you know, you're his teacher. Yeah, but he's your teacher as well. That's, yeah, because yeah, that's really seeing him as well. For the little soul that he is,
2: yeah, yeah. Just because I was I was here twenty something years before him doesn't doesn't, yeah. give, me, doesn't give me a, a superiority that uh, that I I honestly thought it did for a long time. Um, yeah, I, I thought that that meant that yeah I, I was I was wiser, I knew more things than him, and yet yeah, like we've just said, they they can be our greatest teachers more than more than anyone out there. In, in
1: Absolutely, the yeah, I agree.
2: What what challenges have you faced, Natalie, as, as a parent over your journey?
1: Um, look, I definitely, I ask my children this question. I don't know if that's cheating. Um, <laughs> but more recently, I've faced the challenge of, I've got a 14-year-old dog who's next to me. And um, so he's been present for the, he's my best friend and he's been present for the whole life of my children. And about a month ago, we were told by the vet that he had about a week to live because he's got blood and bone cancer. And I wasn't sure how to parent it because, uh, you know, I have my own grieving, supporting them with their grieving process, knowing um, you know, what's right to tell them, what's not right to tell them. Um, so that was a really hard thing to parent somehow he's, you know, he's actually turned a corner. He's not cured, but he's wonderful. So it wasn't a few days. It's been about a month now and we're just taking each day as it comes. But that was probably my biggest challenge of late. Um, my, 11-year-old daughter went onto my website and um, booked herself a session with me. Um, I don't know why she just didn't ask me. That would have been fine. Um, So she came for a session with me the other day where I get to be her mum, but I also get to be the other aspect of myself. And um, that really challenged my parenting because as a parent, I I always want to really know my kids. I, I really want to understand them and And when I did a a reading for her to help her heal with some stuff that she was going through, I realized how much I didn't know about her. And I wanted to be compassionate to her and compassionate to myself without judging myself for what I hadn't, what had been obvious, but also not so obvious. Um, So, there was lots of light that came through with her session for her, but also for me as a parent. But there were moments even afterwards when I spoke to my husband about it when I was like, we can't judge ourselves. Um, We're doing the best that we can. Um, But yeah, I, there's challenges every single day, but really like little and minor ones. Um, Yeah. But they're my biggest, they've been my biggest ones of late
2: how do you feel right now, Natalie, re- reflecting on on those moments?
1: The challenges? Yeah. Um, I think we all just, and myself too, just have to be compassionate, knowing that we are really doing the best that we can. Like with the dog, um, I just had to follow what I felt was right. A lot of people give me advice, the vets, the nurses on, you know, just take, tell your kids to go to school and then they come home and your, your pets passed. And like, that wouldn't work for my children. Like I, I know them so well. So um, yeah, I, I, I feel that I'm doing the best that I can and that's not always perfect, but that's, that's okay. That's better than okay. You know, that's enough, better than enough.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something beautiful in that being, being kind to yourself and, and you, you started to talk about the 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 advice that's out there, and and I think mm-hmm. this this is just as prominent in in all areas of pre- parenting. As soon as you you, you start that journey of, of parenthood, the the advice <laughs> rolls in thick and fast from whether it's uh, in laws, whether it's parents, whether it's relatives, whether it's friends, uh, and just the the random person down the street that that sees, you, sees that, that you're on this this journey already and it can be um can be quite overwhelming at, at times i can definitely remember moments uh of it being quite overwhelming and and still can be at, at sometimes too in terms of all of this external uh, noise coming at you and, mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day though to I've been able to get to a place personally and, and as a parent as well where we're where taking ownership of all decisions is is vital, I think, in terms of not handing over that that emotional power to, to the external because at the end of the day, we are where we are because of the decisions that we've made in, in a lot of ways. That's my belief.
1: I agree. Anyway, and
2: Yeah, I think there's there's something... Well, there, there was something in in buying into that approach, buying into that, that mindset, it, it almost broke some shackles of, of, of feeling restricted, of feeling overwhelmed in, in those moments, because now I know that there can be as much advice rolling in as possible. At the end of the day, I have the choice uh, to, to do what I want with that advice, to filter it how I want. And, and, and there's, even just saying it now, I just feel really, really calm about it whereas in the past it was all about yeah, it was all about oh just worrying what everyone's gonna think uh, about those choices too
1: yeah there's liberation in that isn't it when you feel grounded in who you are and what you value as a parent and how you parent and you trust yourself it has a, a massive difference to how much advice you take on or leave yeah for sure
2: totally totally what what are some of the biggest parenting joys that come to mind for you, Natalie?
1: Oh my god! Um, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I I love being a nutcase with my kids. It's so fun. So um, we we do rap battles. We do hip hop battles, which I always lose at because I'm I suck at dancing. But it's just for the joy of it. Um, so we do like crazy stuff Um, but we also I'm massively outdoorsy so I grew up on the land in New Zealand and one of my greatest joys is showing them how to fish and how to like do the tackle do the line showing them you know taking them out on taking them to to like out in nature for hikes and things because they light up so much and it's about I love sharing myself with them which is showing them themselves and um those moments give me huge joys I'm also one of those parents my kids play netball and soccer and I'm one of those parents who kind of stands on the sideline and kind of yells but yells nice stuff like yeah you're amazing and nothing aggressive but I love sharing moments like that and um yeah just being part of the community that they allow me to be in with those events so uh you know it's the intimate moments uh where we can be really transparent and vulnerable with our feelings especially with my oldest daughter and then there's the silliness and the joy and then there's the connection to me showing them Myself, which helps them to understand more about their self. Um, so there is so so much.
2: And I bet there's there's so much that they appreciate about it too. I, I was just reflecting when when you mentioned the the sport piece in, in terms of girls playing sport and and being that that cheerleader on, on the sidelines. Yeah. Which I think is is quite rare. I've, I've worked a lot in in sport, especially junior youth sport. For for several years, and the uh, the increase in in critics on on the sidelines, whether it be junior or or youth sport, is is on the rise. Unfortunately, for for whatever reason, and I think that it it can be that small thing, or it might seem small, but to the kids, I I reckon it is huge. And there's more there's more studies coming out about it now of of just having that that cheerleader on the sidelines that. Is just enjoying being there, uh, seeing them enjoy themselves instead of critique whether it might be a referee or an umpire or a player themselves, can um can correlate with with a lot of other things later in life as well. There's absolutely there's, um, yeah, there's something really cool in, in in bringing some awareness to to that as well. And um, yeah, time for a short reflection break. This is an opportunity for you to stop. Take a breath and reflect on your past week as a parent. If you have a pen and paper near you, that's great. If not, simply use your phone or laptop. I want you to write down three things. First, write down one moment in the past week that you were proud of yourself as a parent. Second, write down one area of your parenting that you would like to improve for the next week. Third. Write down one moment from the past week where your child or children have made you smile. Be kind to yourself and enjoy the rest of the podcast. You started to describe earlier in our conversation your your parenting style. I'm I'm interested to dive into that a little bit more as well in terms of how how would you describe your parenting style? Um
1: I I know this is controversial, but each to their own. I'm really, really good friends with my daughters. And um, I still am able to be – I know a lot of people believe that if you're friends with your children, then they don't respect you as they should or maybe listen to you as an authority. But I disagree with that because – because we're so close, my daughters absolutely do respect what I say. They 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 take on my advice and guidance, but they're very, I feel they are incredibly open with me and what they're going through. Um, and so I definitely have the approach where I don't try to dictate to them so much. I try to lead them and guide them. Um, but also to see who they are as their own humans and not the boxes that I would like to put them in or I would like them to do. So my parenting style is very incredibly nurturing. Um, Sometimes I think I can be too soft. Um, But when I get, I have a very long wick, let's say, um, so I don't snap, but if they get me really angry, then I'm really angry, but it gets to like boiling point with me. Um, but yeah, i i my, my daughters, I'm proud to say are very, very close friends of mine. And um, that's what works for us. And um, they get to see all parts of who I am as a woman, uh, not just as their mother. So um, I'm hoping that that transparency where appropriate, um, helps them to be transparent also.
2: That's what works for you guys. That's that's really cool when you said that's what works for us. I think that's really, really important. We were talking before about the whole external advice and, and everything that, that goes on out there. There, there are a lot of uh, shoulds that, yeah. that come up. It should be done this way or it should happen like this or Should should should, and and I think that's something that's really cool. And and there's nothing saying that that won't change as well. Um, And and that's Mm. something I've I've come to realise too that that nothing is is fixed or or permanent. But just that yeah, just that that term use. This is what works for us. I think is is really cool. And 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 any moment that anyone out there listening can just sort of apply that to to their their own life, any area of their life, and and just asking themselves that question potentially is, what's working for me and and what's not working for me?
1: What feels good to me? Yeah, again, like you said, moving away where possible from that, have to, should, better, must, all the heady stuff, really tuning into the heart going, what feels right for me? What is actually true in this moment rather than, yeah the the way that the mind can take you in different places in the context of yes parenting but in so many different contexts as well
2: that is awesome and and it's actually been been a part of uh, what i call oscar's teachings to to me in 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 my my short but very enjoyable tenure as as a parent (laughs) so far has been has been this this one term that that i use as an anchor point now in in Several moments of my day, of my week, of, of my month, and, and that is follow what gives me energy. And, yeah. and whenever I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little bit stuck or I'm starting to push uphill with something, I'll, I'll just come back, take a breath. What gives me energy right now? And it's amazing. As soon as I bring some conscious thought to that question, I'm feeling so much more fulfilled than, than I ever have before. And, and it's just that anchor point to, to just keep coming back to uh, because we we can get so caught up in, in doing uh, and yeah. doing and doing and doing, which is, is a, is a part of life. Like, especially um, where we live, I, I believe it's, it's definitely always going to be a key part of, of our lives, but there's no reason that you can't blend that in with some some simple being at, at times as well which um which which is yeah which has been really beneficial to to me personally too
1: yeah i i can care it's so important that we can step back and when the shoulds come through yeah again asking that question is that true is that really true and noticing that voice in your head that you know has that dialogue stepping back from it and knowing that that's not the true self that's reflected there. Um, yeah, like I said, in all contexts, but yeah, a super, super important thing to do, especially in terms of unbinding from the mind and any anxi- anxieties or proje- projections or stories that constantly kind of filter through. Mm. But feeling into the body, like you said, you know, where you step back and go, how does this feel to me? Do I feel tired or do I feel inspired? Like stepping back and feeling how the body reacts to different things, you know, just the general energy behind it is so empowering because if the truth to, you know, self-love is witnessing thyself properly, witnessing thyself, then when you take those moments like you do, what gives me energy, what doesn't? you are witnessing yourself in those moments and um and yeah following your own thread so again what feels good to you
2: <laughs> totally totally that's that's something i've really been able to tap into with with something i've been trying for a while now called nothing time and and that's really just been been carving out it might be as little as five minutes, honestly, Natalie. Just, just five minutes, just to be able to, and it's not even anything to do with medita, a meditation practice or anything like that. It is simply just sitting there somewhere, yeah, preferably in nature, but sitting yeah. there, there somewhere, and just nothing, and, yeah. and, and that five minutes whether it's just the meaning that I'm choosing to attach to it, which if it is awesome, that that's okay. But it, yeah, it, it is, it is a game changer for, for, for my state in, in a lot of ways. Well, that's, that's something I've observed, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Five minutes, five minutes, is five minutes, you know, that, that can be such sacred time. and, especially if you are in nature, if you're feeling, you know, a bit scattered in your energy or a bit anxious, if you go outside for five minutes, the vibration of the earth is stronger than our own vibration. So it's going to help reset us, um, our central nervous system in a way. So you taking that five minutes inside or outside, it really like shows a lot and um, gives you that breath too. So I think yeah five minutes, even at two minutes it's still two minutes, really super important,
2: yeah, yeah, it can really create that that inner space yeah what what type of parenting did you experience as a child, Natalie? um so
1: I grew up in New Zealand, and my my dad wasn't really a father figure he's an awesome lovely bloke but he was um not really around for me um emotionally um or i guess filled the stereotype of what a dad is like um my mum um it was my mum that really shared herself with me um, when it comes to connection with nature and the land. And so that's given me a free spirit and that's what I have tried to give my children because it's been passed through a line. Um, I felt very loved as a child, but my parents definitely had their own things going on their own traumas and things to deal with. So in many ways, I kind of grew myself up, um, which gave me a type of um, insular, kind of independent way of being, which has worked for me in many ways, but also not worked for me because I completely trust myself. It's been harder to let other people in to help me because I was so used to just being there for myself. Um, so I love and respect my parents so much and, and compassionate to their own story. But um, m- my dad year wasn't there really as a parent and my mum was until I hit my teens, but was struggling with her own stuff.
2: I just want to acknowledge you for firstly, for, for being so open about that and, and also for for being really conscious about passing down some of those those beautiful traits and, and qualities that that you've you've obviously uh, absorbed from, from from your mother and, mm. and and I'm sure that there are there are some there uh, from from your father too and and, and just to, to go back on 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 that point, what what is a what is a father to you?
1: um well i'm going to base that on my husband more so than my own dad um although my dad was brilliant in so many ways um a father is a man who like like any parent mother or father has the balance um within their own lives and then um can be there a hundred percent for their children Um, see them through the lens of unconditional love Um, be an absolute rock for them and live his values Um, and and the values would align to my values which is just love family um, truth so um, you know, giving the time for the the wisdom to come through, like you have done, and also the play, like you have done. That's that's what a f- father is, and also supporting the mother and the mother supporting the father. You know, so there's that um, alignment there and the harmony within the family. So um, the aspects of yeah, a father is so so important. I think that's it's changed a lot from you know previous generations as well the expectations on a father and and what that also allows the father to experience that may have been so different for um, other generations
2: Whew! I don't know why I just got really um yeah just just a little bit emotional when you you, you were describing that just around yeah it just sort of it, it took me straight to to my dad and and even though there's there's some Some feelings there of of disappointment in some ways it, it just sort of i don 't know just hit me how how unconditional his his love has been, even though there, there's flaws that that I have sort of poked um, into to to who he's as a person and yeah yeah just had a had a bit of a moment that um yeah struck a chord
1: I think it's hard sometimes to see for many of us to see our parents as people, as humans, separate from just being, not just being our parent, but being condensed to the parenting role, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at what has shaped and formed them can heal our own wounds in terms of our relationship with our parents. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely looking into their story without judgment, with compassion is um, yeah, really important
2: yeah yeah I'll be honest I think that's definitely going to be a phone call following, following <laughs> our chat already that's um yeah th- thank you for for being a part of of that moment coming coming up for me as well and 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 just to just to expand on on the the parents uh parent space as well what what lessons do you feel like you've taken from your parents um,
1: oh my parents always rocked up to all of my sporting games. That was really meaningful for me. Um, like I said, sharing culture, sharing, sharing land is really important to me. Um, my parents are, all, are also really down to earth, grounded and humble and... I really love that. So um, that's helped me with my own parenting style. Um, And that's still something that they share as grandparents with my children, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, and and obviously, like we all do, I kind of learnt the type of parent that I wanted to be from what I didn't receive. And so no judgment on that. But I, I I knew deep down what I wanted to give them that I felt that I missed out on, um, as well as the wonderful things that I received so there's been lessons in the good and the lessons in the not so good
2: yeah that's that's really cool, just in in terms of. Being grateful for for the part that they they've played in in our journeys and, and are playing in in a lot of ways still whether they they are still here or, or not um yeah 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 like and I'm, I'm sure we could dive into this probably in in a an episode of itself but the effect that that even when they're not physically here anymore um that the effect that they can still have on us in in terms of our life and mm-hmm. yeah yeah like it Without going into details have you have you experienced much of that in terms of the people that you work with and people that have lost parents or parents that have left this life yeah have you experienced much of that
1: um, yeah, I have so because i'm transparent with the nature and woo-woo nature of my work often someone will come to see me who actually gets led to come and see me from a parent who has passed so as they walk physically into the space that i work from the parent also walks into the room because Mm -hmm. if the parent has caused them pain um you know, when they were, when they were living, then it's their role. It seems as a guide for that person that um, if they can help the, the daughter, let's say to heal, then it helps with their healing. So the, like say the woman who comes to see me, it's about her healing her relationship with her parent, but it's also about the parent healing their relationship with their child. Um, so in this way, because I do soul work, it doesn't matter if the person is still living or past because the soul is still the soul. Mm -hmm. So if there is healing to come through in a relationship from a parent who's passed, then it's almost like they're still here anyway, because the same stuff comes through because again, it's beyond the mind it's to do with the heart, which is the soul. So um, it's, That is so profound because healing a relationship with our parents sets us free. It liberates us from our own cage. And if we hold anger, resentment, frustration, bitterness towards our parent, it can literally lock us up. And um, it doesn't give us any freedom within our own spirit. So getting some aha moments, some truth uh, behind the pain helps everybody as long as there's no judgment and that's never encouraged any judgment. So, but it's incredibly, um, yeah, like I said, liberating for a person.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I can't comprehend that in in some ways, but I can also, yeah, I only imagine how, how profound and and liberating that, that would be Um, just in, in terms of, in terms of your, your life's work and, and your purpose. Is there anything that is standing out to you about the the parents that you are seeing in, in terms of challenges that parents are facing today that are, are more prominent than than in the past or, or or any changes in the parenting landscape that that you you may have observed
1: i It would have always been around, but as we've already discussed, I am constantly seeing the effects of parents. Through the lens of love, but also camouflaged through the lens of fear, they are not seeing their children for who they are, and then they make their child feel that there are conditions to the love, um, so, you know, and that can be in such minor camouflaged ways, uh, like for instance if little Sarah wants to play the piano, but her parents really, really want her to learn the violin because that may be what they believe is better for them. They take away her ability to express herself and play herself because they believe in what's best for her. And I know as parents, we do know what's best in many situations, but we have to value who they are as people. And so often, you know, kids get told, uh, you know, exactly what to wear from an older age. They can't express themselves exactly what to do, exactly what to say. Um, and it is through the lens of love, but it's also, um, it's, it, it takes away the child's ability to trust themselves and their own intuition and what they like and need. If all decisions are made for them and the decisions that they want don't seem like they're enough, like they're good enough, then that can derail someone's relationship with them with themselves and therefore that reflects on all their relationships as they get older. So I feel that parents really, really seeing who their child is um, and responding to that um, for for allowing them to feel enough in all situations within the line of, you know, pushing them, pushing them gently so that they can reach their fullest potential. But there's a fine line between pushing them too much and, you know, um, I've guessed not pushing them at all, but we really, really need to see who our kids are independently of what we want to see in them.
2: That was another one of those those deep (laughs) breath moments. To me, Natalie, those are some wise words. And and I can only imagine that they've come from, come from a a large body of, 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 being with people in, in all different, In all different forms that's um yeah wow i'll
1: give you another example i see a lot where um children grew up not thinking that they were quite meeting the expectations of a parent or parents and therefore they go they they kind of say unconsciously to themselves right i'm going to prove i'm going to prove what i can do with my life you know what i can make for my life which is an amazing driver but if they don't fulfill that need within themselves, which shows them that they are enough, any things that they get externally will never be enough. So, you know, in terms of people who grew up, let's say, uh, as with a father who, um, you know, oh, you could have done better or that was really good, but blah, 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 blah. Then maybe that little boy um, would have went to himself, I'm going to prove to dad how, what I can do Uh, you know what i can achieve um but it it lies on the basis of not feeling worthy right so whatever that child therefore man goes to achieve it's never going to be enough until they go back and can see that they are already enough but that's all comes from that foundations of how we parent our kids and workaholics, like I've just got an example coming to mind. Yeah, you know, when we just work for the values of support, I'm doing this for the family, I'm working so much for the family, but, you know, your family need your presence. It, it can't be the driver through the external all the time, but it can push people in the wrong way um, away from themselves and away from seeing their kids and their family and what they need as a whole.
2: How many times do do we hear that in uh, in, all in our time. society today? And 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 I, I'm of the same thought as you. As as I I get the feeling that that is a, a surface layer story that that has an underlying current of of something else going on there. And I mean, I'm I'm not in any means position to to work through that. And and that's why I think yeah. it's awesome that that we have. Uh, beautiful people like you, Natalie, in in this world that that are able to to play, uh, however you think about it, but to play some sort of role in 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 just providing a space, even if that's all it is, providing a space for for that to be explored. I think that's that's a really beautiful thing, and and Thank you. and yeah, a, a credit to you for 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 just yeah, continually moving forward with this, which which I'm sure there's potentially been some times where it's been challenging. Uh, in in that space as well, but uh, I'd like to um I'd like to to wrap up with a couple more questions that that have come to mind, and and one of those um, that that we usually ask here is 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 if you could transport back in time with yep. one piece of parenting advice for your pre-parent self, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Ah, oh, I. This is so easy for me because I think about it all the time. Um, when I had my f- first daughter Carmen, um, it was before like Google was Google, and so I remember having like stacks and stacks and stacks of books, and I was reading all these books on how to be a good parent and what to expect. And then when I had my daughter, um, I was I took everything so seriously. I, I just I needed to do everything by the book and take on all, all the advice, which is conflicting and pulled me in lots of different directions and then I remember going to a playgroup when my daughter was about four months old and the woman sitting next to me said to me don't you think that kids that babies are so funny and it had never occurred to me that parenting and my child could be fun or light I was just way too serious about it and I know that you know there are massive aspects where we have to be very serious but I don't think I had a laughed or a loud laughter. And she continued to say to me, you know, like the funny noises they make and the faces that they pull. And I just, I just hadn't seen it. Like I had just been, I was exhausted too, but I'd spent so long trying to get everything right that I had missed out on the fun and the joy. So like my thing is is that yeah remember to laugh remember to smile like in those moments of being with your child like laugh at how messy it is and how and how much you're trying and how you know imperfect it is in perfect ways and um yeah definitely bring in some child for yourself when you parent to bring in some joy because I really took it too seriously and it wasn't until she said that it dropped an aha moment for me and I was like yeah of course and that helped me connect more to myself and therefore made me a better parent i feel so i'm trying to yeah be serious but also see the light and see the funny side of how hard this is and how we're all trying to do our best but it's it's really good to like have a sense of humor
2: um as well there is so much fun to be had isn't there oh so
1: much fun it's
2: yeah and whatever phase that 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 we're in like it that, that's probably one of the the most beautiful uh, uh realizations i've had it, through this sounding board parenting journeys is talking to parents that that have adult children that have just had a child that have teens that have and and there is that constant there is always joy to to be experienced no matter what what face yeah. of, of of that um uh, of that parenting journey that that we're in and and I think that that is that is an awesome way to um to start wrapping up this this what I have uh yeah really felt as though there's been a, an awesome conversation and and you've prompted me to to go and make a, a a phone call to to a certain someone after this as well so thank you for for that and and just to to wrap up what what are you loving about parenting right now, Natalie?
1: Um, oh, I really love how, how, how close we are. Um, You know, later on today, before an event that I have on later, my kids are coming to my space where I work, which I call Hinaunau. now is a Hawaiian um, place, word and place, which means place of refuge. And so they're coming to my workspace and they want to do a beautiful garden. and and make it really beautiful like put themselves there and I love that I share myself and they share themselves for a whole like for all of us um yeah they're very much there for me as I am for them and and I really uh, I find that time so sacred and I'm so grateful for for those shared moments um, that have always been a present now and I'm sure will continue as well
2: that is really cool. And and again, there's been a, a few points and, and topics raised to you, which I think we could dedicate a, another episode to. So it'd be awesome to, to have you back on, on the podcast at, at some point naturally. And, and I think that, that is awesome. That blend of, of they are part of the journey just as much as you are. And and it's something I'm trying to keep front of mind as well. in, in terms of, yeah, if we want to call it professional or career life or whatever it may be, that, yeah, that that Oscar uh, and Jess are just as a, as an important role um, and and part of that journey as as I am. Um, I'm not separate from them. They're not separate for, from me in that way as well. Which um, yeah, which is is leading to some some pretty awesome experiences personally, which which has been really cool. And 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 we always finish off with a segment called "Time to Plug Off." Now, now, this segment is, is all about, as you can imagine, plugging off and, and just letting us know where, where, where we can find you, where we can connect with you. Are you on social media and, and, and what's next for you as well, Natalie? Uh,
1: sure, sure. So um, the best way to connect with me is probably via my website. So that's pretty easy. It's au. Um, and SANE is spelled S-E-I-G-N-E. Um, like everyone these days, I've also got a Facebook and an Instagram page, which is Natalie underscore SANE Healer, I think, um, should come up uh, under the search yeah so that's kind of the best way to get hold of me and you can put anyone can put inquiries through and just follow their own intuition and gut you know if they feel that I'd be a good fit for them or not or maybe I can point them in another direction that might be the right fit for them if if not myself so um, yeah I really love supporting people in all ways so that's why I'm honored to be on your podcast as as well.
2: This has been epic. I'm, I'm already excited for, for our next chat. And, <laughs> and yeah, I, I hope you've, you've found some, some value in, in, in our, our conversation as well. Natalie, this, this has been awesome to have you on the, the Soundy Board Parenting Podcast. And, and I just want to wish you, Paul, and, and the girls all the best in, into the future.
0: Thank you for listening. Let us know if anything stood out for you during the chat. As the new pod on the block, it would be awesome if you look out for us and share this episode with someone that you think may be interested. While you're at it, why not head to our socials and share some love with a like, follow or comment. Keep an eye out for the next pod drop. Big thanks to Stilo Media for producing this piece of art we call Sounding Board Parenting. From our hearts to yours, we hope you're making progress on something that you love and makes you feel alive. Remember, this can go anywhere.